The Bar Star Podcast, hosted by Stephen O'Reilly, is a podcast about working musicians, their friends, and their opinions. Stephen is a musician in Louisville, Kentucky, who has... Wait a second. This guy's a drummer, not a real musician? Somebody gave a drummer a microphone for his voice? The hell? Unreal. Unbelievable. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. Black Plague Edition. Quarantine Edition. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for coming back once again to hang out with my obviously dumb ass. And uh, I appreciate the downloads and the continued support, especially now in this crazy time in the crazy world we live in hope everybody is doing well i hope everybody had a good week and i hope you guys are staying safe and shit please take a moment to check out my sponsors i don't have anymore i'm just kidding make sure you guys support local businesses uh that is one psa that i wanted to make before i say anything else today make sure you support your local restaurants your local food stores, stands, bodegas, wherever you live, whatever you have around you. Uh, Make sure you support the local businesses and the small businesses. They need your help more than ever. So uh, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. It's not up for debate. It is what it is. Support local, support small businesses. Now, today on the show, I have a very cool conversation with a one Mr. Ian Bottomley. Ian is a badass drummer here in Louisville. We have known each other, known of each other for a very long time. Uh, We've had several online interactions and several short conversations in person, but nothing of length. So we dive into all kinds of shit. And we talk about our relationship and uh, how it started and where it stemmed from and all that kind of good stuff. We get into all kinds of music talk, uh, talk about the scene, talk about his past, how he started playing drums. Uh, Kind of a cool story. And we do geek out for a little while. So if you are turned off, so to speak, by a lot of drum language, this episode might bore the shit out of you. Just consider yourself warned. That being spoken into this microphone as I stare out my window. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Ian's an awesome dude. He's a great drummer. He is in the band Vice Tricks, which is a great band. Uh, I got to see some of their stuff online uh, and listen to a little bit of it, and I dig it. Um, And I've always liked their presentation anyway, so make sure you check out the show notes so you can keep up with Vice Tricks and everything that Ian is doing, and that is it. I will talk to you guys on the other side of this. Here is my conversation with Mr. Ian Bottomley. That would be me. Well, it's, oh, it's, I think it only shows on my side. Yeah, it's, it's recording. So um, to avoid legal things, please tell the parties that they're being recorded. I'm recording you, shithead. Yay! Yay! Okie dokie. So I'm a monster truck. 
Is that what that says? <laughs> yeah, all your shit says I'm a monster truck. Yeah. Your Instagram and all that stuff. So I am hanging out via social distancing on Skype with one Mr. Ian Bottomley. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Pretty good. That's it? That's all I get? Just a pretty good? Yeah, I'm pretty good, man. Uh, <laughs> bored as shit. <laughs> well, we, we will get to that. Um, the one thing I wanted to start with is you and I, and by the way, even though my listeners know I don't do videos, you guys will be happy to know that Ian's computer is sitting on his snare drum and that makes me happy. Um, where I wanted to start with, or start at, I should say, <clears throat> words, all the fucking words, is you and I have known each other for a while, but we don't know each other very, very well. We have unfortunately never had a chance to sit down and have an extended conversation, uh, just given circumstances, you're so busy, I'm so busy, yada, yada, yada. So that's where I wanted to start is, are you from Louisville? You're from here, right? Um, I grew up in Southern Indiana, but okay. yeah, I mean, I, as soon as I got a bicycle, I was coming across the bridge. <laughs> I'm not from here, so I say this with uh, absolutely no remorse. Whenever I go to India and I get depressed immediately, I don't like it either. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, it's not that Louisville's much better, uh, and neither one of them are bad per se. It's just something weird when I go to India and I get depressed. I don't understand it. Um, you and I met through Fabio. Is that correct or is that incorrect? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I couldn't remember. Um, and you have been playing drums forever and a day, right? Uh, since 85, 84, I don't know, around, or 95, 94. Okay, because um, you're younger than me, right? I just turned 40. Yeah, you're, well, you're not that much younger than me. I'm 45. Tight. So you didn't start playing until the 90s, basically? Yeah, 94, 95. I always wanted to, but, uh, you know, uh, got a drum kit when I was 95 years old. And started playing it. <laughs> when, you when you were 95. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, what is your what is your playing background? Like what led you to drums? And don't worry, this isn't going to be an interview interview. You've listened to a bunch of my shows, which on my show, thank you for that. I appreciate it. You've supported yeah, me since dude. day one. I love it. Um, well, thank you. What made you decide to, to play drums? Because you obviously know my story. My listeners know my story. I'm not going to rehash it. So what is your deal? Um, it's just always been in me. Um, I've always wanted to play drums and didn't know this until later in life, but my father was and is a drummer still. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I come from a, quite a musical family. His, his siblings, incredibly talented, guitar, keys, bass, sing, um, neat stuff. Grew up. I just never knew my dad played. Right. My mother kept that kept that from us because um, he was gigging and yeah he was he was running around playing shows gigging chasing bands and all the stuff that comes along with it and oh she so was he was just doing everything and, we do <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but uh, my mom got pregnant with me and she put the kibosh on it ah um, uh, gotcha gotcha so she died in '95 and my dad immediately went out and got a drum kit. And I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> that was it, man. Well, there's nothing to say. You know, that's that's what happened. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't it. know if I should be 
should say should give you my condolences or if I should say that's badass that your dad just immediately went and bought a drum kit. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> uh, it's, it was, it's both. It's pretty immediate. Um, man, it may have been um, six weeks, eight weeks. I don't know. I mean, heck, I was I was 15 years old. Right. But, uh, you know, and, and somebody had sent me a picture of me playing on a drum kit when I was 14. So I know I've been playing before. I just none of it stuck or until I was actually able to do it every day. Right. I got you. But yeah, so it's ninety five, is that twenty five years? Uh, yep. I just passed a little over thirty. I think um been doing it for thirty two or thirty three years, something like that. I don't even know. I'm forty five and I I started I wanted to start when I was eleven or ten. I kind of vaguely remember that, but I think I got my first rig when I was thirteen. Cool. So we're looking at 32, 31 years, whatever the hell it is. When you yeah. when you get our age, brother, we tend to forget shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just I, I know I started later than I wanted to, but um, right. You know, at least I got to got to jump in and figure it out. That is definitely true. Now you have, from what I know, and and please correct me if I'm wrong, and feel free to throw me right under the fucking bus because I don't care. Um, you have always done majority original stuff, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, I was in one cover band. Uh, that's how I met Derek Podolsky. Um, Never heard of him. We had a mutual. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> I love um, that dude. He's next. I need to get him on the show. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while, but enough about him. Salt of the earth, man. Um, yes, he is a good dude. dude. But uh, yeah, we had a mutual friend, uh, Nathan Mitchell. He's a drummer and told me about this gig that he just couldn't do anymore. It was a, he was in a cover band and made pretty good money. And I, I was like, heck yeah, I'll go audition. Um, wasn't playing any, with anybody at the time. And so I met Derek Podolsky and, uh, I'm not really sure how long I was in that band, maybe a year and a half, two years, but we did USO tours for the air force and coast guard. It's pretty cool. Went up to oh, Greenland, nice. Very cool. Greenland, Alaska. Um, around the united states just, you know entertaining and supporting our troops and man those people can party <laughs> i've heard that before <laughs> i was just getting my kills i heck i don't i wasn't even old enough to drink yet and we were playing these clubs on these air force bases and and they were throwing down nice so what kind of covers were you doing uh, top 40 country and in, in rock. Um, we had a, I think she was Miss Indiana 94. Her name was Dana Brewer. I'm sure it still is. I'm, I imagine she's still alive. But, um, and she did all the, all the female stuff. And then another guy, Kenny Smith, uh, went by the name Ken Ryan. He, uh, he sang all the dude stuff and we just, we played anything and everything from country to classic rock and top hits of the 90s and you know it was fun you know i think i think i did it for about a year and a half and we were playing this club called super toads in des moines iowa and super that was toads. yeah <laughs> man um, that was they had this enormous place was ridiculous i think there were two or three mechanical bulls five or six bars and it was just huge it's this big room and the stage fills were massive on either side of me. I've never done anything like that. And 
there was a dance floor full of people and they were line dancing and we were playing uh, a Creed song, uh, Arms Wide Open. And that's when I just, uh, I, I fell out of love with Creed. <laughs> <laughs> it was just too much, man. 10 gallon hats and boots and line dancing to, to a Creed song that we were playing. <laughs> And it was wild because I did a little little uh, digging and found the history on that place. And Megadeth and Metallica played there a lot. Oh, really? Um, so my expectations were all far different. <laughs> than, than what, uh, what you actually got. Than the boot scoot and boogie, you know. But it was it was fun. I had a great time with that band, and that was my only that was my only cover experience. Everything else gotcha. has been original. Got you, got you. Well, that's cool. I've I've done my my share of gigs that that you go to the venue and you think it's going to be amazing and you get there and it blows. <laughs> it's like, wait, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> that that's always a lot of fun. So why did you, um, and there is a reason I'm asking you these weird questions. I'm going somewhere with this. Why did you decide to not do the cover thing? Why did you stay in original, so to speak? Do you have a particular um, reason or it just, it's just kind of the way it worked out. It's kind of the way it was. Um, gotcha. I just, I always, I've always had people to play with and it's just the way it's worked, you know, but I mean, I've, some of the original bands I've played in, we've, we've always had our renditions of cover tunes and, you know, do our variations of, of things, but just strictly covers. I just, I don't know. It just never happened really. Right. Well, the, the reason I was asking that question though, the way I just asked you is because as, as a drummer, um, you know, and because you and I know pretty much the same people, um, there's always the debate of covers versus originals. And I think it's a fucking silly debate. It annoys me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I wanted to know where you stand in regards to playing cover music. Yeah. Like which or, one do you, if you have a preference and why, and you kind of just answered the question you don't ne- didn't necessarily have a preference. It just kind of worked out that way that you always did originals. I've always enjoyed the challenge of creating, um, and I've always enjoyed creating our own thing. Um, right. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I play covers almost every night when I sit down and put my earbuds in and, and play on my kid at home, you know? Yeah. So. Cause you have a basement and it makes me jealous. <laughs> well, Tom, <laughs> Tom is turned me on to these, uh, the, uh, our Tom black holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a mesh head cover that slips over the head and they're tunable. So you can tune them to the pitch of your drums and they're oh, quiet. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty wild. Check man. this out. Yeah. I mean, this is me hitting one of my floor toms right now. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah. This is with it off. Ah, it's pretty cool. So pretty neat. You know, so I can play until two in the morning and, Carol isn't stomping on the floor yelling at me. It's <laughs> the only way that works. Well, th- thankfully for now, there's uh, Trio Production House, which used to be uh, Louisville Music Studios. Jake Badger just bought it. Um, shout out to Jake, by the way, who just lost his dad to COVID-19, which sucks. Mm. Um, but I at least have that place. Uh, now, of course, I pay monthly rent and stuff, but I at least have that place in this 24-hour access. The only, the only drawback to that is you get to walk downstairs. I have to drive like 30 miles. Yeah. That that part kind of blows, but whatever. Yeah. 
least I at least I have somewhere I can play. And the the irony is for me, as long as I've been playing drums, I've never been able to play at home ever. Nowhere I've lived, I've been able to have my drums at home. Man, that sucks. Yeah, it does. It does <laughs> suck. I I joke with myself more than anybody else because I have full blown conversations with myself. Um, but I joke with myself all the time. I wonder how good I could be if I could play every day. <laughs> oh shit! I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I might actually get the hang of this drumming thing. Uh, well, <laughs> the videos you've been posting, man, I, you know what you're doing. Thanks. I wasn't looking for a compliment. I just, I always think about it because I see younger players that are 15, 16, and they're doing shit that blows my mind. And I think to myself, man, if I could play drums at home, oh my God. Yeah. You know, that's the only reason I, I always joke with myself. It, it would be a luxury that I've never known in 30 years of playing drums. Yeah. It's a game changer. Oh, it, it has to be. It has yeah. to be. Yeah, there's this dude I watch on Instagram. Uh, his name's Corey Eves. I don't know if you know who that guy is. You should go mm-hmm. check him out. Might be one of the ones I follow. Let's let's do a let's do a a a podcast faux pas. I'm going to pull up my phone while you're talking to me. What's his name? Oh, uh, Corey Eves. E A V E S. He's a local guy. He's pretty mm-hmm. sick. Is that him? Uh, e A V E S. Oh, sorry. And I think it might be just be a uh, um, C O R Y. Is that him? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll follow him. Yeah, he's pretty sick, though, man. Nice. One of the most oh. fluid players. I love finding new players and I love finding players that, that think way differently from me. That's the the one thing I love about music anyway, is everybody thinks different. Um, but I love finding players that I hate to use the term outside of the box, but it's the only thing I can think of. Um, there was a guy, I'm not even going to give him a shout out because I can't remember his fucking name, but he took a, he took like a punk song and turned it into this just real garbagey, swampy funk groove. And it was killer. It was so cool. Yeah, I love shit like that. So I'll definitely check that dude out. Yeah, he does a lot of neat stuff. Nice. Now, what band are you in now? I'm in a band I mean, I know, Vice. but you have, to tell, you have to tell the people that don't know. <laughs> I'm in a band called Vice Tricks. Vice uh, Tricks. Yeah, we're a psychobilly punk rock rock and roll type thing we've got an upright bassist and uh we just we just jam have a good time i would not fuck with that chick would cut me Uh, she she cuts me all the time (laughs) (laughs) those bass grooves man i mean um she makes my life easy playing kit um that that kick drum man i don't have to do a whole lot i mean she she really carries it i just kind of ride her wake Nice. I've dope. seen some. I've seen some videos, and I remember somebody, somebody had asked me. They they sent me a video. This was a year or so ago, and they sent a. Do you know who this band is? And I, I knew I knew who it was because of you, but I wasn't super super familiar. And the video they sent me was her riding her upright bass while she was playing it, and I went, I I don't care who this is. This is the fucking shit. I love it. Yeah, man. She's a a girl. Wakes up at like. Four thirty, five o'clock every day, and runs and works out and 
clean houses all day. I mean, she's tough, tough, nice, tough. Now, how did you get that gig? Did you is it? Did you know all of them, or is it was it an opening kind of thing? Hey, we need a drummer. I need. I I knew. Uh, I knew Jeremy and Verity for quite a, quite a while. I'd, I'd played in bands with Jeremy uh, years prior. Uh, his old band, Dead City Rejects. Uh, played the last couple of years that band existed. Um, just been good friends with them for a long time, and they needed a drummer. And I think at the time, because they were poaching me for a while, but um, then they the feel time, good when they get I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I always feel bad saying no. Um, I feel bad saying no too, but it still it still feels good to get poached. <laughs> but I was I was in a band called Arnie, uh and then Zooking, uh, Zookings. And I was filling for another. Never, and I was filling in with, for another band called Diver Bird. So I was kind of doing three different things and couldn't do a fourth. Gotcha. You know? So and then all that stuff kind of stopped at the same time. And I reached out to Jeremy. I was like, "Yo, what's up?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, I auditioned and boom. Gotcha. In about eight years, nine years, I guess. Has it been that long since you've been in the band? Uh, yeah. Now you guys gig pretty re- well. I mean, obviously not now, but you guys gig pretty regularly, right? Yeah, yeah, we uh, pretty steady, steady hopping, hopping around. I do a, get up to Indianapolis a lot, Chicago, Cincinnati, Nashville, uh, and just the area, everything in between. We don't go out too far. No, that's that's still cool that you're traveling at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of bands can't even travel or won't travel. It's hard. Yeah, it is. You know, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it is what it is. Yeah, our guitarist, he's got three kids, and our, our, we got another singer. She's got a kid, and it's just it's tough, you know? Right. Well, I mean, life happens. There's nothing you can do about it. Yep. That's what happens when you're not 20 years old anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're not 20? Ah, shit. Did I say that? <laughs> Damn. You did. You let the cat out of the bag. We're old, dude. Yeah, well. Face it, we're old, brother. Yeah, well. I feel it. I don't yet. I The, the only thing I feel is after a gig, especially a, a three-hour gig, the morning after is a little harder to get out of bed. Not yeah. like I'm I, I'm in dire pain and I can't fucking move, but it's it's a little harder to... Oh, Wow, that's the new pain. I didn't know those existed. Do I have joints right there? I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. One foot at a time, brother. You got this. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is more in my upper body. Um, my knees have always been sh- – I used to run a lot when I was younger. So right. my knees are pretty pretty tired. But it's it's mostly my shoulders and my, my elbows, my wrists, my hands anymore. I have all that, but I also have um, slight hip and ankles, um, and it's it's not it's not necessarily due to the way that I sit because the higher because you know that I sit super high, mm-hmm. um, but the higher I've gone over the years, the less my back is hurt. Uh, it doesn't hurt anymore. the 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 thing with my hips and my ankles, I think, is because I kick so damn hard. And yeah. I use my entire leg. I'm not just using like the, and I'm using the word like as in an example, not, hey, man, like, 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 trust me, batshit. Um, I'm not using the 
floating technique or just the hover. I'm using yeah. my entire leg every time I kick, and it's a habit that I've tried to break. And I about two or three years ago, I gave up on it. It's just not going to happen. That's the way I kick. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, you do what you do. I, you know, I do the same thing. I mean, I I wear my pedal out, um, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't play in shoes either, so I I can slide and I don't know. Oh, I forgot you do play barefoot. Yeah. I used to, I used to play barefoot, but I hang over the, okay, inside baseball. I only say that term because it pisses Todd O'Meara off. <laughs> I love you, inside baseball kids. I slightly, and I'm doing this for your edification because you can see me. I slightly edge my feet. Will will go to the right or the left depending on which foot is on which pedal. I will edge to the towards the outside, and when I used to play in barefoot, I would slice the inside of my toes on my pedals. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, because I think, and I, and it's not necessarily a bad technique because it puts the ball of my foot more towards the center of the pedal, which the ball of your foot is where the most power is going to come from anyway. That's why I started doing that. I'm not, I don't hang off the edge as bad as I used to. I still do, but I used to hang off so bad I would slice the insides of my of my toes. So that's why I stopped playing in barefoot. Uh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and I used to do that when I was doing death metal. Shoot. Which means after we had a re- a long rehearsal or a or a or a decent gig that the next day I was literally not walking. <laughs> You're bleeding all over your gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish that we had cell phones back then when I started in the in the nineties and doing all the death metal stuff I did. I, th- I think my first band was in ninety four. Um might have been ninety five. I don't know. I had been playing before that, but that was my first actual real band and it would just look like a crime scene behind my ring. It was great. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I am so glad that there weren't cell phones back then. Oh, I have some footage then. of me from back then that will never be released. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some old, uh, what was it? Nine millimeter or whatever it was. The old cassette recorder. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Tape. Yep. There's Remember the first stuff. one that had, that took an actual, Full size VHS cassette. Yeah, yeah. My dad had one of those. He uh, he had the thing that you had to carry around. He had the camera. He had the, the tether or whatever. Um, oh, there was some tethering little... involved in that thing. It weighed 150 <laughs> fucking pounds. <laughs> thing was ridiculous. <laughs> so since you brought up the Zoo Kings, um, some of my listeners know. A lot of them don't because I haven't talked about it. Not for any other reason i've not avoided it it just hasn't come up yet uh the zoo kings was started by bobby O, uh dave moody and myself and then when i left you came in uh, actually when dave and i left you came in why did you guys end that you remember um, or did it just kind of fizzle out it just kind of fizzled um because derek podolsky played bass yeah i remember derek came in too um, yeah so it was me derek and bobby and we tracked, we, we did some tracking and stuff sounded good. It just, I think it just kind of went away. Um, I, I think live just took us in different directions and, and we all were working full time as well. So, you know, I'm not really sure. Bobby and I, we always talk about, you know, doing some tracks and some other stuff, but you know, we'll see. Well, but he's got, not, he's got that other project rev now, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. Have yeah. you heard any? Because I haven't heard any of that stuff. Have you heard any of that stuff yet? Yeah, he's got it up on, uh, I think, SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Uh, it jams, dude. Bobby O. 
That dude is a riff writing son of a gun, man. He, he is a riff writing machine. I, you are a million percent right on that. I mean, I I love everything that dude has has put together. So I just you know I I, I played with Flux uh, after Chico and Moody left. I, I filled in for a while, and that was a blast playing with Bobbio and Christian. Um, that was a hoot, man. Now that what time period would that have been? Because that band was done before I ever even moved up here. Um, gosh, man, wasn't that early two thousands or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I want to say oh three, oh four, maybe. Gotcha. I really yeah, don't. That would have that would have been a couple of years before I moved here. I moved here in in oh seven. Mm, yeah, I've been here thirteen years. Yeah, you're thirteen years old. I know. I'm thirteen. <laughs> Look at me. Yay! I want to go get my first beer. Wait, we're gonna, what? We're going to throw you a sweet 16 party. <laughs> you all dolled up. Uh, all right, fine. I'm not wearing a wig, though. It's fine. I, don't, I would not want you to wear a wig. Uh, I don't, I don't want to do the wig thing. I like your shiny, your shiny head. It's cute. Oh, my God, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, were, when you were starting to play, when you figured out that I'm going backwards um, because I'm a horrible fucking podcast person and i forgot to ask you this question who were some of your first influences um and i don't you don't have to be specific as far as drummers i mean just anything were you digging on certain bands or were you just doing like what i did i went down one path for probably five years and then i went oh shit there's way more music than just this Um, or do you even remember yeah i remember um gosh my dad brought that kit home he put it up in his bedroom and would lock the door, um, and he would jam on. I'd just listen. I was like, man, I don't really want to do that. And I'd found my way into his room, and I'd play, and I asked him to teach me um, what to do. He just handed me a stack of CDs right? and just said, I just listen to this and just sit down and do it. And nice. I picked it up. So, I mean, just everything. I mean, gosh, of course, Bonham, Ginger Baker, um, Grohl. You know, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, just everything, everything. Right. Uh, all like, there's so much stuff. Boston. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Some of those old bands that my dad always listened to, like Alex Harvey, the Sensational Alex Harvey Band. Um, Ooh, I'll have to check that out. Uh, I've never heard uh, who that is. Dude, it's a trip. <laughs> 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 it's wild. I'll have to. T- I'll, I'll text you a. Uh, uh, YouTube link to a, to a couple of videos, man. Wild, absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah do that. I'm, I always want to find new shit. But uh, just everything and anything. Um, I'll, I've always wanted to play. I'd, I remember it being as a, a kid. We would we would travel. His parents lived in, um, or his mother, my grandma lived in Tampa, and we would travel a couple of, during the summer and, and Christmas to Florida. And he would always be blasting music. And I'd always be in the back seat, just tapping and feet moving, hands moving. Right. I always had it, you know. Um, and even in high school, middle school, I always wanted to play drums, and they gave me a trumpet. <laughs> you, know, you got too many drummers. Take this trumpet. And I got really good at it, Stephen. Um, you know why I'm laughing? Play. I'm laughing because <laughs> I did the same thing. I played fucking trumpet middle school. I. I think I heard you say something about that on one of your old episodes. <clears throat> yep, I did. I, thought, I totally played trumpet. I think it may have been my 
sophomore, junior year, I worked my way up to first chair trumpet. But every year I would audition to play drums. And gotcha. they would just hand me the trumpet because I got good at it. In right. my senior year, um, this was in 98, I auditioned and they gave me a trumpet. And I just took it. I threw it down the stairs and I took a study hall because um, I just I wanted to play drums. I've never I've never had lessons. I don't know how to read. I don't. I've never, I've, I've just sat down and listened to what dudes were doing and did it. Figured it out. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I did that forever. And, and eventually I'm, I've already started to get a few, but people keep telling me, stop fucking saying it on your podcast. Everybody, <laughs> what I'm about to say that is everybody in Louisville, let me rephrase that. Not everybody. A lot of musicians in Louisville think I'm the, I'm the music school kid. And it's it's backwards, and I don't know if you know, but I didn't go to music school until I was 29. I had already toured most of the southeast, actually most of the east coast anyway. I didn't go up. I didn't make it to New York before I went to music school, but pretty much every other state on the east coast, I had already been touring and shit. I did the same thing that, that almost all drummers do. I, I listened to guys, I figured it out, and I, I studied my ass off and tried to imitate and do all that shit. And when I've... When everything went south when I was living in Atlanta, that's when I went to music school. The the band that moved me down there that gave me a shit pile full of money um, to move and took care of all my expenses and yada, yada, yada. When that all broke up, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no clue. I had, didn't have a job. I didn't have work history in Atlanta. And it, there was one night where I saw a late night commercial for AIM and I, I thought to myself, well, fucking I ain't got nothing else to lose and I don't have anything else to do right now. That's when I went to music school. I didn't go to music school until I was 29. Well, I don't know if you knew that about me or not, but um, the only reason I'm telling you that is because I know exactly what you're talking about. You go, especially guys our age. I mean, we're only 22, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just turned 23. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, we would go back and forth on this on the CDs. I remember those days. I, in fact, I still kind of do it. Um, I be, I still use CDs, believe it or not. Uh, I I use them more digital just because it's more convenient. But uh, just going back and forth, going, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Because a lot of people forget, especially the younger cats. It, we didn't have YouTube. We couldn't watch motherfuckers do shit. Yeah, we had to use our earbobs, and that's mm-hmm. all we had. Which is, that's how you learn to visualize what you're hearing, too. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So you can kind of, pick your, kind of picture what kind of rig they're on and, and where, they're, where they're hitting what. and that's, that's how I learn, man. I still think it's the best way to learn, personally. Even though I taught for 15 years and after I was went, graduated music school and all that shit, I still think it's one of the best ways to learn because you're not relying on anything but your ears and... I hate to use the word feel, but I'm not meaning feel as in feel how a drummer plays, but feel as in what does it feel like to hit this drum or hit that cymbal or kick Mm -hmm. this kick drum hard or soft or whatever. I still think it's the best way to learn. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I wouldn't know otherwise. I haven't. Yeah, almost. (laughs) almost Yeah, but you're a badass. So it's the proof's in the pudding, sir. I have watched you play. I have not gotten, gotten to the part in the show where I all out compliments and kiss your ass um but no seriously you're a great fucking drummer so it works there's there's a lot of truth in it you know what i mean yeah yeah i almost had my father uh my uncle ron uh he heard a conversation my dad and i were having about me getting getting lessons or whatever and ron just looked at me and he's like you don't need lessons just just keep doing what you're doing (laughs) he's he's an old school cat man i mean he 
I mean, the dude was in a band called Bits and Pieces years ago in the 60s, late 60s, and he got drafted to Vietnam. Um, he toured. I've got a pretty dope picture of him uh, with his commanding officer playing an acoustic guitar. And, I mean, shoot, the, Ron, I think, was like 18, 19 years old. Um, but, I mean, he's the dude's legit, man. I grew up watching him play, and he lives in Nashville. He you know, he's, he pulled out an old box of, he had a bunch of old, uh, reverb pedals and wall pedals, like prototype pedals from like when they were starting to build those things. From the sixties and seventies? Cause he was in the studios. Oh, and, that's uh, awesome. These builders were coming. He's like, Hey, take this with you. Let me know what you think. Um, and he had, he sent one of them to one of the same ash stores, a couple of these pedals and they had them on display for a while. I'm not sure if they're still up there or not, but one of those stores in Nashville, it's pretty cool. That is cool. That's cool. But, shit. Yeah, he looked at me when I was, oh, heck, I was probably 16, 17 years old. He, like, you don't need lessons, just just keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I yeah. did, I don't know. <laughs> You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. You'll be fine. Yeah. So if you heard that little noise that I'm so fond of now, that's because Ian and I went down a rabbit hole that's none of y'all's damn business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Now... I started this show with talking about you and I not knowing each other very well, and we met through Bobby. When did we actually meet? Do you remember? Because my memory blows. Oh, shoot, the year, man. I, I couldn't tell you what year it was. It was at Phoenix Hill. No. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it really, really was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was up there and ran into him. I don't even know who I went up there with that night, but and just ended up hanging out with him. And I think he was with Chico. Um, and you were up there and introduced was us. That doing, was that playing or was that just hanging? Shoot, man, I don't know. Um, I've never really been one to hang out. So when I'd go out with somebody, I typically just, just kind of get into what's happening and you know whatever happens, happens. Um, well, fair enough. I wasn't really sure who was playing that night, to be honest. But I couldn't tell you the year. It was fall. I remember. I remember the season. Uh, <laughs> I'm a seasonal kind of guy. <laughs> um, well, the, here's here's the the reason why that that question is important because I've I've touched on it twice. Is I remember meeting you. I remember we got along and we talked gear and drums because that's what drummers do because we're a bunch of fucking geeks. And I never saw you play until you played in the Zoo Kings. After yeah. That. <laughs> man, man which is kind of weird I, I saw you walking around and i was thinking oh shit um <laughs> just because man i mean that's those are some shoes to fill man now and uh yeah 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 and of course i knew it because i filled in for another band around that time called diver bird and they're really they were a great band um and donnie arbuckle was the drummer and uh, he would always do this crazy stuff. And I just always heard the music a little different. And right. so he, like John, the guy, he, he was always like, just do, just do what you feel. You know, right. uh, and Bobby O is the same way. When I got into Zoo Kings, he's like, I don't expect you to do what O'Reilly did. You know, just digest the song and, and do what you feel. So, but I'm sitting here, I'm listening to some of those, like that, that Phil in Shotgun Wedding. Um Oh, ah, yeah, shit. yeah, I just I didn't think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just like, man, I, I just, 
I, I just I don't feel that. Like I feel it when I hear the song, but when I'm in, when I'm on the kit, I, say, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to do that. And right. of course, when I saw you and we played the gig and afterwards, I'm like he's going to say something about that, and you did. Yeah. Like ten minutes later, I did. And uh, shit, yeah, man. You're like, man, I was waiting to hear that fill, and I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm an asshole. Well, I apologize. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you, you gave me a compliment. You said it was very good, so... No, you're a great good. drummer. But, um... I think sometimes... I, my wife tells me this. Sometimes my, my fucking mouth overrides my brain, and I don't think before I speak. I have no filter, so I've never meant anything bad by it, so I apologize. No, <laughs> but that was a kick-ass fill. But that was a kick-ass fill, and, you know... I think that, you know, those licks that are in songs that stick, you know, they're just licks that stick. And yeah, uh, I, I, that was that was one of those moments in that song that stuck. And I didn't, you know, and I didn't at all wasn't offended or anything by it. Um, I thought it was funny because I knew it. Um, <laughs> but Dickhead's going to ask me about the film. O'Reilly. One of my. That was. Go ahead. That was a fun band to play with, though. That was a, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I, again, I've never talked about it on the show, and and you guys kind of did what what we had started. Because if I if I'm not mistaken, you did the same setup, stage setup we did, right? You sat in the front. Okay, that's what I thought. When when Dave and Bobby and myself started that whole thing and how it ended, and we've squashed everything, so it's not like I'm talking shit. Yeah, the three of us were in kind of different places, but the the biggest problem was Dave and I were on the same team, so to speak, because we were still in Tark Bus and we were playing fucking thirty times a month. Yeah, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it was yeah. twenty to thirty times a month, and that started to annoy Bobby. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby was kind of, uh, uh, and again, I'm not talking shit. This is, he'll tell you this, and I'm sure he told you anyway. But it was to him, he wanted Duke Kings to be first, and we were going, we don't care about Duke Kings as much because Duke <laughs> Kings is paying the bills. You know how much fucking money we're making right now? It came down to the money, so Dave and I and Bobby got in a big fight, and that was pretty much the end of it. Yeah. But it, but it it honestly came down to money and bobby and i have i mean we're fine him and dave are fine so it's not like it's any bad blood or anything like that it was just it was one of those things where yeah dave and i wanted to do it and we wanted to keep doing it but we just couldn't bobby wanted to make it a bigger priority than dave and i did yeah he had to do it it either one of us yeah and neither one of us was right or wrong he was right and he was wrong we were right and we were wrong and it just didn't work and i always thought that man could do way cooler shit um even after dave and i were gone as far as the the way that bobby writes and his vision for stuff and his riffs it's he's just so damn good um Mm. and then the the whole thing that we did which i was glad that that you guys carried on because it was a three-piece for those of you guys that don't know you probably don't some of you do um some of you were around for it we set the drummer ian and i both uh in the front and then Bobby and Dave or Bobby and Derek in your case, Ian would run around the stage. And usually what we did at Phoenix Hill, we would put two mics up on the drum riser so they could go up there, which I thought was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We only did that. um, Gosh, maybe the first half a dozen shows. And then we all went straight in a line across the stage. Yeah. And then of course, depending on the, depending on the venue and the stage, sometimes the drums were in back, but we did, you know, we, we placed the kit 
in different places. It was a now, fun thing. Oh, it was a lot of fun. I don't remember what you used for that gig because I used a kick snare and a floor tom. That was it. And a few cymbals, but did you have a uh, small kit like that? Because I, I and I'm not looking for anything specific. Like, oh, I'm better. It has nothing to do with that. I don't remember what you used. Yeah, I had. To, I was using my blue DWs. Uh, I had the the rack floor kick and snare. Okay, I remember. I remember that kick. Do you still have that rig? Yeah, yeah, it's up in the uh, treehouse where Vice Tricks rehearses and tracks. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. What rig do you use normally now? Because you, I saw, the last time I saw you play was, um, I think, Diamond at Kevfest. Five minutes. Uh, or... Yeah, I was playing with uh, Raul Borkar. Yes. Uh-huh. What rig were you using that night? Was that your rig or was that a, a backline? Yeah, that's those are my my Birch DWs. Okay, so it's a 12, 14, 16, um, 24 inch kick. Is there any other kick? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. depends. I got a buddy that's got a little 18 inch uh, thing, and it sounds like a cannon. It's it's incredible. I had a 20 by 20 forever that unmiked. It, I mean, it sounded amazing. But unmiked, it wasn't loud. It just sounded like a cannon. You stick a mic on that thing, it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. This thing was 18 by 18, and it's, it's a cannon. Yeah, they're crazy. They're yeah, crazy. Fireworks, I am, I'm down to... I'm down to... Wow, that's a really shitty thing to say. I'm throwing myself <laughs> under the bus today. I don't give a fuck. Um, I have one, two, three, four. I'm, I'm down to four rigs now. Uh, this time last year, I had nine. I, I sold some shit. Um, but all of them are 24s except my rehearsal rig, the black Yamaha's, which is the, in fact, that's the rig that's in all the videos now. Yeah. I used yeah. to, ha I used to use my Gretsch rig for rehearsal. And then, uh, did you ever meet Jamie Harris? Man, I'm terrible with names. That's okay. Uh, he was a, he was, a, he was actually a redhead, but he was a bald dude that hung out with me for a long time. Um, he was a really, really good dude. He passed away a few years ago. Uh, two, I think two years now. Um, mm. And that black rig that's in the the videos that I do now, that was his rig. I bought it from him when he was alive. He, they were, they're a green uh, Yamaha Oak custom and he bought them to paint them purple and you can feel the wood grain in them and they were yeah. flat. I've got pictures of, of both versions on my Instagram and my Facebook and all that shit. But I said, mm -mm, you, no, give me those fucking drums. You're not painting those drums purple. <laughs> I wouldn't let him. So I bought him from him and I put him away. I would only use him every once in a while. And then when he passed, I of course got sentimental, um, which I would have never gotten rid of him anyway. That not that rig. Yeah. So I, I started thinking about it and I ended up painting them flat black. That's the flat black rig that I use now is the green Yamahas. So if you've ever seen pictures wow. of you personally yeah. on my Instagram or my Facebook of the green Yamahas yeah. and yeah. then the black Yamahas, that's the same rig. No shit. Yeah, I painted them flat black, and I'm totally going to out myself. I fucking painted them with a roller. <laughs> here's why. Everybody I tell this to laughs just like that, but here's why I did it. I was so afraid I was going to lose the wood grain texture in yeah. them yeah. that I, I didn't want to spray them. Okay. So that's why, that's why I did them with a roller. Yeah, that makes sense. I've yeah, never, I was paranoid. I've never refinished um, – uh, drums. I, I guess my snare drum. I, I refinished. Uh, I got a DW uh, snare drum, and I tore it all down and and refinished. But I just sanded it, sanded the heck out of it. I mean, like 
thousand grit sandpaper and put an oil finish on it and it's slick man oh i bet it's beautiful it's slick it doesn't hold any dust at all like some other drums (laughs) 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 it's caught in the finish well i i've i have personally as far as my own two little grubby hands i've refinished three or four complete rigs and then i've done five or six snares a couple of them i threw them away because i fucked them up um but all the ones that i have painted now like all my custom rigs i get those painted by different people um the last one the you know the white sparkle one that's got the blue stripes that i did Mm -hmm. for the delana tour last summer yeah yeah that's that's a buddy of mine named scott dolly he paints hot rods and shit Uh, and i had i had him paint those for me now i stripped them down as far as I took everything off and I sanded them a little bit because they already had paint on them. And he said, don't sand them. Let me do it. Cause there was a layer of paint. Uh-huh. And if you remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but did you ever see that white rig I had with the pink stripe? Gosh, I don't think so. That's okay. I remember the only reason I'm asking is cause it's the same rig. Oh, okay. Been, that rig, yeah. That rig's been painted twice. When I bought them, they were shit green. And the only reason I bought them is because the kick drums are 24 by 20 and the rack is a 13 and the floor was a 16 and i when i saw them they were up in cincinnati this was i don't know six seven years ago but they have the the chrome nickel hardware so it's like a dark gray hardware the lugs and the rims are that nickel color and as soon as i saw the picture of them i went i can fucking paint those white in that the the lugs would look amazing so i drove up to cincinnati and i bought them and i i talked the guy down to like 300 bucks and they're, nice. a D, they're a D-Drum Dominion Ash, and that rig sounds amazing. So when the Delana Tour came, I, w- I had been thinking about repainting them anyway because some of the um, uh, the color was fading on it because the, the original guy that I used, uh, he didn't put enough clear on it, which is not mm-hmm. his fault. And that shit just gets worn out from moving, yada, yada, yada. Because yeah. I use auto paint on them. So I, I talked to my buddy Scott, and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. He's, I said, can you do it? And he went, oh, yeah, we can do that. So now the the blue, the white sparkle with the blue stripes is what they came out to be. That's what I took on tour with Delana last year. Oh, that's a slick-looking kit, man. Shanks. Yep. But, yeah, it's, I've refinished a few rigs or, or have had them refinished. Um, yeah. I, I like doing it because, with the exception of my Gretsch rig, none of the rigs I've ever owned in my life, and I've probably owned at least 100 at this point, I, I've never bought a brand-new rig. That Gretsch rig was the first rig that I ever bought that was brand new from the fucking store. So I'll I'll find something that's got, it's got a few little things in it. I can fix the bearing edges and I can paint this bitch and nobody will know the difference. And I've been doing that since. Wow. That's cool. You know, I guess I did, uh, I got my old Slingerland kits, um, the Chrome over Maple, and I tore those all down. But I mean, I just cleaned them up. Now I gave all the drums to Tommy. He's got a guy. And he redid all the bearing edges on him. That dude's good. He's done. He's redone a bearing edge on a snare for me before. That dude's really good. Those drums sing. I couldn't believe it. Night I don't know difference. what that guy does, what he has, what kind of spiritual mojo he puts on that shit. But that dude is good. But he 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 wiped off that that factory bearing edge and redid it, and they're incredible. They sound fantastic. Did you leave, did you leave the chrome wrap on them? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So I just cleaned them up. There's a stuff called uh, you can get it like AutoZone called Neverdull, and it's got mm. it's kind of like a kind of like a like a waxy gritty 
uh, cloth fiber thing. And it's, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking yeah. about. And it, it cleans up all the chrome parts. Beautiful. I mean, back to start, back to the way they looked when they came off the line, probably. Nice. But, I, I'm going to tell you a story so you can laugh and so my listeners can laugh. Years ago, and when I say years ago, I'm talking 20 years ago, long time ago. I've never claimed to be super smart. I like to think I'm half-ass intelligent, but 20 years ago, I was fucking dumb. I bought a set of hardware from a guy. The stands were great. There, there was It was just a bunch of different stands I needed. But they had been in his basement, and his basement was a little, uh, I'm going to say it. You ready? Moist. <laughs> I made at least seven people cringe. That's my goal for every show. I know it's a word. Anyway, it was a little damp and moist and musty in his basement. So there was some rust spots on this hardware. So my dumb ass decided to get, you remember the stuff purple power? You're already kind of missing. Remember purple power? (laughs) So I got purple power and a a light grade steel wool and I polished all these stands and they came out beautiful. It really looked good. I had no fucking fingertips for a month. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. I got contact, <laughs> a chemical contact burn on yeah. all my fingers. So for like a month, I had no fingertips. Nice. Here's your, here's your laugh for, for the day. Yeah. You go do crime and they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> but Now, see, that's the problem. If I would have been smarter, I would have known that. Then I'd have been like, hey, I can pull off a heist and shit. Nobody can find me. No. I just cried about it. My fingers. Yeah, it sucks, though, when you mess up your hands. Yeah, it, it does, which I worry about you with all the shit you do. Yeah, I, I mean, I constantly, I, I got a metal splinter. <laughs> in some of these things uh, it's still working its way out. It's been in there for a couple of weeks. For those of you that don't know, uh, Ian likes to build shit and fix shit and take shit apart and refix it and rebuild it. Um, so, yeah, you need to be careful there, fucker. I am. I'm careful. You know, I got a I got a table saw at the shop that if if you if you like hit it with your finger, it it stops. There's a cartridge that stops the blade. It's like a chunk of aluminum that. Oh, I've seen those. It digs into the blade and it drops and keeps you from hurting yourself. But I'm care. Always watch. You got to be careful. You have to. Yeah, yeah, I freak out when I have a hammer and a nail in my, and I'm good with a hammer and nail. I have no issues using it. It's not a coordination thing. I just freak out. One wrong move and you're fucked, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was under my, I was under my truck this morning, and I was changing the the carrier bearing on my drive shaft, and I racked a couple knuckles on the frame. You know, but it only hurts for a little while. <laughs> It'll be it'll be a scab tomorrow. We'll be good. <laughs> swelling goes down. Yes, the swelling does go down. Eventually. So what's what's next for you, brother? What do you got coming up? I mean, obviously we know what kind of world we live in right now. So that aside, what's next for you? You guys, you and Vice Trick's going to do some some stuff coming up, or is it not due to the the current state of affairs? But are you guys on on hiatus? Besides that. Yeah, uh, everything on the books right now is is in lock. Um, we're not doing anything. Um, all our shows have been canceled through the month of April, uh, probably next month. Um, right. And, you know, we're going to take this time. I, I set up my, my kid up at the treehouse and I tracked nine tracks yesterday. Um, oh, nice. Very cool. Material. We haven't put a record out in 
gosh, I think it's been seven years. Um, so we have, I mean, shoot, I think I wrote down 16 songs that are undocumented. Nice. We've played out. We've probably played half of those songs out for the past three or four years. We just haven't had the time or taken the time um, to record to them. Yeah. So we're just going to, I went up there, wiped everything down, sanitized everything and hit record and knocked them out. So nice. I'm going to go up Tuesday and finish the rest of them. We're going to wipe everything down and <laughs> we'll get up there and she'll lay her bass tracks down and she'll wipe everything down. And then Joe will come in with his guitar parts and, Nice. The time, and then hopefully by the time the dust settles, we'll be able to lay down vocals, and because we all sing, so very cool. How many records are out now for Vice Tricks? Uh, just we have we have one record, like one album. We have mm-hmm. a couple EPs. We have a live, maybe maybe two live lunch recordings that are up. I think on Bandcamp or whatever. I don't. I, I'm terrible about this stuff. I should know more. <laughs> but uh, like all that stuff is on the all that stuff is on the streaming services. But I think it's show notes. We got kids. I will research it for you, <laughs> and I will put it in the link and in the show notes of this episode. Go ahead. Thank you, Stephen. Um, I wish everybody yeah. could see your face because you were laughing pretty hard right there. <laughs> I just man, when I joined the band, I you know I asked them. I said I don't want to book shows. I don't want to. I don't want to keep, I just want to play drums. And, uh, you know what I call that, don't you? What do you call that, Steven? JPD. (laughs) What do you do? JPD, motherfucker. JPD. I got got that JPD-itis. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) See, I got, I got, uh, arrogant-itis and I have to run every fucking thing I'm in, which is why I run all my bands. And some days I don't want to do that. Well, Especially this, now, because all of our gigs, we had I had shit booked out to July, all canceled, all yeah. of it. Not even, well, we'll see. No, nope, they took yeah. everything. Nope. I mean, we were we were going to be on. Gosh, I can't remember the date. It was we were going to be on live lunch, and mm-hmm. we we got a letter a week prior uh, saying it was going to be a close. There wasn't going to be an audience. Right. And. Like the day before they told us that they were canceling it. Wow. So, and that was pretty much, we went to Nashville to play a show and then we had like three, three shows lined up the following weekend and, um, they just, they all canceled. So yeah. and from there, it's just, that was it. So I think the only, uh, the only in the world right now that's happy is REM. <laughs> they got, a. They got a lot of use out of that song. Really yes, like, they did. I was glad I didn't have to explain that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, said that to a couple people, and they're going, "What do you? What? I don't, what does that even mean? I don't understand what that means." You got to know the song. If you know the song, you get the joke. So don't say what the song is. We'll we'll let we'll let the seven listeners that are confused. We'll let them figure it out. <laughs> well, well, regardless, I always feel fine. So. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, so where can everybody find you? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I have to ask you a question first. Sorry. This is one question I do have to ask you. What, and especially now because we have so much free time on our hands, what are you listening to right now? What are you digging? Oh, gosh. Um, right now, um, and I've been listening to a lot of Queen here lately. Um, right. A lot. Um, 
gosh, I've been listening to a lot of Sensational Alex Harvey Band here lately. Um, Please text me that, so I got to find some of that stuff. Yeah, it's wild. Um, uh, there's a band called Biffy Clyro. Um, they are they're Scottish, and they're incredible. Three-piece. Um, they're great. I listen to them a lot. Um, there's a band that doesn't exist anymore, a band called As Tall as Lions. I've been getting into them. I think I've heard that one rings a bell. I think I've heard of them. Yes, the drummer's uh, what's his name? Cliff Cliff Sarcona. Fantastic. I mean, the dude just produced a lot of really neat grooves and on some of those records. I mean, those I'll sit them and sit down, put my earbuds in, and, and play along the best I can. You know, to some of that stuff. Right. But um, I was listening to something the other day that I was really into. Um, I don't really listen to radio that much. I usually stuck to my own pod but we do have pandora at the house so carol she'll put on some stuff and i'll hear one band i've been kind of getting into silver sun pickups yeah i've i've uh, gotten into them before that they're a great band yeah they've got some pretty neat grooves and it's pretty neat stuff a lot of neat melody mm-hmm. uh, i know there's more so i'm always listening to something i like putting you on the spot yeah you look <laughs> up Oh, yeah. I can't see you. He's he looks up every time I ask him a question. He's like, mm. yeah. you yeah. and your you and your pretty smile. You're such a pretty man. Oh shocks, man. Uh, <laughs> you can't see my toes, but they're painted. Uh, I don't. Well, my toes I, for me a few weeks ago. As cute as that is, I will have to say, everybody, human speaking, everybody is hot from the ankles up. I hate feet. Feet are disgusting. Well. I may or may not text you a picture of my toes. <laughs> you text me a picture of your toes when we're out of this lockdown. I'm punching you in the fucking knee. I help. My toes are good. I've been a while. Yuck, I'm just kidding. All right, brother, where can everybody find you? Can you remember that? Where is your? What is your Instagram and what is your Facebook? Uh, Feistrix. Um uh, yeah, just Vice Tricks. Instagram, we're on Bandcamp, we're on all the all the streaming services, all of them. Um, I didn't I didn't know that really until I was in California a few week, years ago working, and I was working with a guy, and he was I let him have control of the Apple Radio, and one of our songs came on. No shit. And it freaked me out. I thought he was messing with me, and he had no nice. idea. You know, I I didn't tell him I played music or anything, and right. and uh, yeah, it tripped me out. I'm like, what in the world? And he showed me his thing, and I was like. All right. And so I'd, I'd ask Jeremy, I'm like, dude, we're on Apple Radio. He's like, dude, we're on everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're on everything. <laughs> what is that? Uh, JPD. Yep, you got it. So where can everybody find Ian? Unless you don't want anybody to find you. Uh, my name, Ian Bottomley on Facebook. Um, or I am Monster Truck. Instagram, <laughs> I'm a Monster Truck, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, my, my, my Facebook handle used to be, I'm a monster truck and they canceled my account. This was really? years ago. Yeah. And, uh, didn't give me the opportunity to change my name or anything. And, um, I guess they thought I was just some fake account and, uh, and I lived, believe it or not, without a Facebook account for a year and then got an I email. You, I love you for that. <laughs> I love you for that so much. <laughs> Easy to just get distracted, but we call it the rabbit hole at my house. Yeah, well, we're all little bunny rabbits. Yeah, oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Stacy will be in the other room watching something. I'll be in the office working on something and I'll hear the TV pause. 10, 15 minutes go by and I'll go, Stacy, get out of the rabbit hole. <laughs> and I'll hear, sorry. And then the TV will play again. <laughs> it happens to all of us. Oh, don't worry. I do it too because she, she'll throw shit at me. Hey, dummy, what are you doing? Oh, sorry. I was looking at something. <laughs> so I do. I'm, I'm, I'm the most guilty of drum porn though. Yeah. I go down the drum porn rabbit holes yeah. for hours. It's yeah. bad. Yeah, I get on I get on Instagram and I look at drum studios and recording rooms and tracking rooms and mm-hmm. it turns into snare drums and kits and yep. diffusion panel. I've, I've been picked up a little side hobby building diffusion panels. And uh, I made one out of dog ears. We've got a project at work. And uh, I was using six-foot fence pickets, cedar fence pickets, and mm-hmm. had to lop all the dog ears off the top. Right. So I just kept all the dog ears and made a diffusion panel out of them. It's pretty neat. Nice. Uh, so I've been looking at all t- people's different creations. It's, there's a lot of neat stuff out there. You know? There is. There, when, when you use it all for good, there is a lot of yeah. neat stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched a video. I, I got distracted and saw a video of some dude, uh, you know, like the big five-gallon uh, water jugs yeah that you see on like water machines or whatever mm-hmm. um somebody had shoved a six pack of beer inside of one and this dude polished off six beers and like one jug <laughs> oh my i got back and i was just like why don't i just watch that <laughs> i mean i wanted to, why did i do that <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to high five the guy but <laughs> i didn't get anything out of it you know the rabbit hole, my friend. The rabbit hole. <laughs> it's easy to get lost in the hole. I'm 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 ending it right there because you're never gonna get better than that. That was awesome. <laughs> lost in the hole. I like it. <laughs> oh, Ian, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for hanging out with me, and uh, yeah. hopefully, I I I we not I we formed a distraction for some people in these crazy fucking times we live in. Yeah, man. I hope so. I hope so, too. I hope so. And uh wouldn't mind hanging out with you sometime when this is all over with. Yes, we uh, first first coffee is on me because, you know, I'm not a huge drinker. Actually, no, when this is over, I probably will become a drinker. I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> you want to have a beer? Yes. Yes, I will. I'll go any fucking where you want to go. Where would you like to go? I'm there. So, yes, I will have a beer. First beer is on me. All right. Well, I won't hold you to it, but I'll hold you to it. No, hold me to it. First beer is on me. All right, man. All right, brother. Cool deal. Cheers, man. See ya. Well, that's it, kids. That's the show for the week. I hope you dug it. I hope you learned something. I hope my drummer friends, our drummer friends, got something out of it and uh, got to geek out a little bit with us. We went down some rabbit holes, and we even talked about going down rabbit holes. And uh, I did check out Alex Harvey Band, and got to be honest with you, 
it's not for me. I appreciate what they were trying to do, and, and I respect it, but it's just not for me. I couldn't get into it. But it is definitely worth checking out for you guys. Uh, go find some of that stuff on YouTube. It's pretty fucking interesting. And uh, that's it. I got nothing else for this close. I've got some other stuff I got to do. I've got some other shows I'm working on. I've got some really cool guests lined up. Not that Ian wasn't cool because Ian is awesome, but I do have some cool guests lined up and I've got some other stuff I'm working on. So that's it. I am out of here. And as I say in these new times of the Black Plague, stay safe and shit. Yep, stay safe. Stay at home. Learn a new skill. Learn a new trade. Learn how to trade and make some money on the internet. But don't sell pictures of your feet. I don't, and if you do, don't fucking tell me. I don't want to know. And make some noise. That's all you got to do. Make some noise and learn some new shit. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.